Well, it is that time of the week again when the Hard Yards and Episode 6 hits the podcast list. Thank you very much for joining me. And if this is Episode 1 for you, welcome to the Hard Yards. And if it's Episode 6, you guys are legends. Thank you for your loyalty and your listening. And I hope you enjoy my chat today. Before I get started, I want to make a small apology. Last week, at the end of my chat with AFL royalty Luke Hodge, I mentioned that we would be diving into the world of rugby union this week. Due to a few small technical glitches, I have had to make a last-minute change, and as such, rugby union will have to wait another week before coming off the bench for its debut on the hard yards. You won't be disappointed in my guest here, however. So good was the chat that it has turned into my first ever Part A and Part B chat. So let's get started with Part A. My guest today is a legend of Australian cricket. Uh, Ryan Harris joins me on the line. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. And I know you're joining me at a uh, last-minute call-up, given that I had (laughs) young Mr. Nick Farr-Jones actually have to cancel out on me at the last second. So thank you for joining me. I know we chatted about this in the past and uh, you were keen to get on and, and share a bit of the journey that you've been through with cricket. So, mate, thanks for uh, jumping in at the last second and I look forward to having a chat to you about your life and your role and your, your cricket journey. No, thanks, Manny. Thanks for having me. It's always nice to share experiences. Mate, we've had uh, a few chats over the years. Um, you're an avid golfer and that's where I've met a lot of my um, guests on the show. So... How's the, has the golf been happening during COVID-19 for you? Have you been able to get out and have a hit? And uh, what's the handicap at the moment? Yeah, I have actually. It's been, it's been great. We've been lucky, obviously, here in Queensland. And I think the course is shut. Well, Brisbane, where I play, um, golf in general, I think, shut for about three days. So we've been lucky. Um, but off eight at the moment, I've managed to get that down again, uh, which has been nice. I've had a bit more uh, yeah, time to get out and, and hit some balls and um, golf something now, I guess, is an outlet for me. There's no cricket anymore. Um, so I use golf to uh, well, to, to get out. I, I, won't, I won't say it too loud because my wife's in the next room, but get away from the family and, <laughs> and have some time away to myself. But um, yeah, I really, really love my golf, as you know, and it, it's, it's been nice to be able to, as you know, being lucky, I guess, to be able to get out in this, in this um, tough time that the world has been um, under, I guess. How do you find it? golf uh if we just chat on that for a second how do you find golf in regards to cricket where you're in a team and i know you've got an individual discipline in cricket um as a bowler uh but how do you find the challenge of golf where it's you and it's solely you and you can't have your teammates sort of help you out too much and you know your score relies on ryan harris alone yeah, well, I have to admit i played a comp the other day brookwater and should have won the comp i was probably should have won it i was 37 points after 16 holes and needed three more, <laughs> three more points to win it and choked. So that, that probably answers your questions. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I, I try, I probably don't as much now. When I was playing and not long after I finished playing, I sort of tried to relate a couple of things that you sort of, you know, whether it's, you know, bowling a, in a certain situation in the game to try and put yourself in that position to, to remain calm and, and not worry about, you know, what your partner's doing in, in the, whether you're playing a match where it's a friendly match or, you know, I've played a couple of club championships. Um, you, you probably try and put yourself in that position to, to um, calm yourself down. But um, yeah, I don't know. Golf's different. Golf's a lot different. And, and again, you, you, you'd know better than, way better than I do, but it's, a, it's one that you sort of, it's easy to play the shot 
five or six times before I actually stand over it and hit it. Mm. Um, that's the way I find. Yeah. And uh, look, it, it's, I, I, yeah, it, you try, I, I try, even now, even to an extent, I guess you try and reach in and calm yourself down. And what was a light bulb on that first ball in the game or, or in the second innings or whatever it was, the first ball, you know, the, how important it was. And, and you try and take each shot as it comes like that. But it, it, it's still golf. <laughs> still something that cricket was something that, um, you know, you say bowling that first ball in a test match was was always a dream come true, but it was always something that um, I, I'd done so many times, not so much in test cricket, but in, in shield cricket or in, in first grade cricket that um, it just came naturally. Whereas standing, um, you know, on the first or whatever, I was pulling the driver out. Um, it, no matter how many balls I hit at the range, it, it you know, nine times out of ten, it never went the same way. It never went straight down the fairway. So <laughs> it was always a, it's always a challenge. But um, it, it's something, as I said before, it's an outlet for me now. It's something I love doing. So I guess it's that it's that um, you know it's almost a ten thousand hour rule, isn't it? That you know you've spent yeah. ten thousand hours bowling the ball, then nets, and you know running in and doing it at grade level, and then state level, and then national level. Yep. So you find yep. some comfort in being able to achieve it there, whereas. Uh, you know, standing in the club championships and and playing in a in a different sport altogether, you haven't done the ten thousand hours there, have you? Not at all. And it's it's exactly that where you walk out to training in cricket, and I just naturally grab a ball, roll the arm over, and and you know, especially later in my career, which we'll get to, but it just happened to you know nine times out of ten again, just skip the good length or or it felt right. Yes. Um, you know. You know, um, coming into a yeah, as you say, club championships or even even a match, I find I hate losing. I hate losing my mates yeah. and, and playing that you know that shot that needs to be played. Or it, it's exactly that. I don't you know you, you, with with the ball in my hand, it just happened naturally. Whereas golf, yes, you, you, as I said, you can swing and practice. And the way I see it, and again, you're 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 the, you're the expert, but the way I see it, you swing and I feel great in my practice swing. But not always sometimes, but not always it, um, it replicates itself. And that's because the, the natural um, feel and natural um, movements um, like it was in cricket is not, is not there because of exactly that. I haven't done it enough and I wish I had it. We should have done yeah. a lot more um, with golf, but um, it, it is exactly right. That's, that's the thing. It's, it's a no matter what sport you play. I think, you, you know, whatever level you reach, you, you've still, you've got to put a lot, so much time and effort into it. And, and, you, and you hear about that 10,000 hours, as you say, it's, um, it's oh, I think it's true. You, you've got to put so much time and effort into reach the pinnacle, and and even still, well, when you get there, um, you know it doesn't stop. You've got to keep going because there's always someone out there um, that's um, that's probably doing the same, if not more, and, and you've got to make sure that you're trying to trying to beat your opponent, and that's and that's the goal, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. With with regards to that, um, where you spoke about how natural it felt with a ball in hand and bowling the arm over. And I know that we'll get onto this sort of topic a bit later in the chat about coaching um, and coaching cricket. Do you ever feel like sometimes when you're trying to coach someone and you know exactly what the feel should be and exactly what you're wanting them to try and do and they just don't get it, do you ever get frustrated internally and go, come on, why can't you get this? You know, like, and I I think it in golf all the time. I'm like, it's not hard. Just, you know, do this and this, but, you know, do you find that? Great question because I used to, I, I do now, but I understand it more. When I sort yeah. of started coaching, when I was talking to players, I'd almost, well, I would, I'd probably refer back to, well, this is how I felt when I bowled. And 
and it took me some time and some people to listen to me and, and, and some, some feedback to say, well, and, 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 and without, and I, and I hate, I'm not pumping myself up or, or but I, I had a, I had a, I had a, uh, a pretty, a really easy action. And when I worked it out, which took me, again, we'll get to, it took me a little bit of time, but when I worked it out, it was so easy. And, and I, and I used to coach guys when I, because I sort of knew that when I finished, why can't you have that? Why can't you have that feeling? Why can't you <laughs> as a player, this is, this is how I did it. Why can't you just, you know, it, it's so easy, but, but then, you, you know, I had to sit back and as I said, I had people observe me coaching and they'd always say, great, it was great the way you talk and I love the way you talk and your passion, but they're not you. They're, yeah. they're, they're not, they're not you. They haven't got your action. They haven't, they don't find it easy as you. And, and Sometimes, for example, you're talking to a 19, 20 year old, and that I remember me at 19 and 20, I was, <laughs> I was drinking some beers and doing all that. It was hard work. So they've got to learn it. They, they've got to understand, well, at that, that age, they're going to understand their body, their movements. They're not strong enough. They're not going to be in positions to be able to put the ball in the same spot five times, six times out, you know, out, out of six. So you've got to, it, it, it absolutely is frustrating. But I, I always find now, once I, once I moved on from coaching, that's the art of, I think, being a good coach is. Find out what the player, you've got to know the player, you've got to know the person and, and find out what they want and, and, and obviously do the research on what, they, what, they, what they've done in the past and what they're doing, but also what they want to get to and, and, and then you work with them from there. And um, I, I'm a huge, I'm not a hugely technical coach at the moment. I've still, I'm still learning a lot about technique, but I'm a massive feel, I was a massive feel bowler. So I, I point that way. I talk to the player about what do you feel in your run up? Now, what, 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 you know, are you running too quick? And, and, and this is the thing where being in high performance at the moment, we're lucky. We've got GPS. We can measure how fast someone's running. We've got history on how fast they run. If someone's not quite feeling right. I can go to their pace of their run up. Are they hitting the crease too hard, which means they're too quick through the crease? Are they going too slow? It means they're trying to force it through the crease. And, and, and you, know, you know, I look for alignment through the crease and a lot of bowling is straight line alignment. This is the, this is the stuff we can look at. So, but you've got to feel, I, I was lucky, I could feel that. I could feel if I was too quick, if I was too slow. And I felt, in my prime, I felt like I sat on my back leg and just exploded. And that's the, trying, that's the sort of thing I sort of talk to the bowlers about is you want that explosion through the crease. You want that timing that you feel the snap, that, that you get your, everything in line, everything going towards the batter. Um, just, you know, the feel of the ball coming out of your hand. And, that, and that's sort of what I talk about to them. Um, does that become a rhythm? Does that become a rhythm? It's all. I think it's all rhythm. And 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 then obviously technically, if something's a little bit out of whack technically, then you've got to dive into that. And that's why we have you know video as we all do now as coaches. We have so much video and and feedback for us. But that's where you have to hone through that. And if there's something not quite right, then you probably go back to what you think you see, and then you ask the oh, I ask the player you know, or look or sit down and look at the footage um, what they do, but. It's definitely. Um, I think it's rhythm. Rhythm's huge with 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 cricket, um, with bowling. It's 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 your it's your approach to the crease. If you're in a good rhythm going into the crease, you're giving yourself every opportunity to 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 land at the crease and get through the creases as best you want. I often think that about Mitchell Stark. You know, as an observation from a, a cricket lover, you know, I think when Mitchell Stark seems like his run up is just silky smooth and he's just as you said, he just arrives at the crease at the perfect almost crescendo, isn't it, you know, yep. in that moment yep. to deliver the ball. And it's just when he fires that thing down, that's when I reckon he gets his pace up, he gets his rhythm up, he gets his line right, 
And other days yep. it looks like he's really laboring and whether it's because of he's had so many foot injuries or, or what, I don't know. But, you know, that that's a real barometer yeah. for me as a spectator watching on. Yeah, we well, spot on because I can give you a little bit of inside info, info on that. <laughs> Please do. Um, make me look good. Yeah, we had a um, we had a really big. Well, there's a real. I did. Well, I must say, I didn't. I wasn't directly a part of it, but I, I saw some info on him, and it was a big study um, um, done on him through the medicos with the Australian team because uh, Mitch, when he first started, he was exactly what you say. He was so beautiful to the crease and long and landed and timing and everything through the crease. Then he started having a few foot and ankle injuries in his front leg. So he almost, because of that and soreness, he almost, and your natural reaction is if something's sore, you've got to protect it in your body. Yeah. So he was getting those, those little um, niggles in his, and well, they weren't niggles in the end, they were fractures and spurs and everything in his front foot and ankle. But he actually was protecting him. So he was, he was almost, instead of having a nice, almost braced straight front leg, he was sinking down and having a bent leg. So he's sinking down to the crease in delivery. And, and that took his consistency of where he released the ball away. So that happened for a long, long time. And he, and he, had, he had niggles. He played through a lot of it. He's had surgery and, and different things like that. But, and in the last um, probably six to eight months, um, or probably longer than that, he's, he's come good. But then a lot of people noticed, and there was a lot of talk about it in the Ashes and even before that in the last summer, that he changed his direction of the ball when he gathered. So he, he, he didn't feel... Um, his normal gather, which was which is what he had almost can when you, he started. Can you, quite sorry, Ryan, can I stop it? Yeah. Stop you there and say, can you just talk to my listeners here about gathered? What does that mean? So yeah. I don't know what, so what gather, gathering the gathers, ball means. Gathers basically when you first you're running in and you jump. So you're jumping into the crease and you gather. So okay. you basically you want the ball. You, Long story short, as we've only got, not, not, probably I could talk to you hours about this. But <laughs> you, you basically, as a bowler, you try, or a bowling coach, you draw a line straight through the middle of your body, from the middle of your head down through your nose. Yep. We don't want the ball. We don't want the ball. The, 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 the arm holding the ball. We don't want to cross over the middle of our body because that's right. going to cause somewhere along the line, biomechanically, you're going to have to recreate that. Or you have to correct that, I should say. Yeah, sure. So if I go across my body, I've got to come back around. So I'm going to fall nine. My reaction with that is you're going to fall away with your front arm to get your, your, arm, your bowling arm through. Now, he, he was sort of pushing down. He was, he was throwing it out in front of his body, which also has to, you know, counter-react, counter-react, counter-react that um, to, to get it back over. So he was feeling like he was really quick through the crease or he'd yeah, fall right. away and he was sinking as well. So there's a lot of different factors. So of all the time, and, and, and Mitchell Stark had taken a lot of test wickets by, the, by this time. Yeah. He, he came back and he did, he did a few different things. So now he was holding the ball and putting it and, and in, his, in his gather. I think he was, um, what was he doing? I can't remember what he was doing. Was he falling, coming back with his, with his hand? Or, but it was quite a significant change because there, there was a lot of commentary on it. Yeah, but, I remember. You know, and, I, and, I, and I was watching it and thinking, far out, that's different. And it was only a small change, but it just made him get back to the way he felt he needed to get to or where he needed sure. to be and the difference it made, the difference it made with him was that he couldn't, he he went away. He was so um, dangerous with swinging the ball back into the right handers away from the left handers. And he lost that for a long time. And that was because he was sinking. He was pushing the ball away. He probably, bowled, he probably played a lot of white ball cricket as well, which can force you to try and bowl too fast, uh, lose your wrist, uh, which means getting the, getting your fingers behind the ball, getting the, getting the seam up nice and straight. 
he, he made these little changes. He worked a lot with Andre Adams, which is a New South Wales bowling coach. He worked a lot with, um, I think, Andrew McDonald, who's come in, um, Troy Cooley. Um, and, and he's come back and, he, and, he, and he's got that swing back. Now, him, him, Mitchell Stark swinging the ball back in at 145k an hour is, is dangerous. And, and he's got that back. <laughs> and we, I think we saw, we saw that. Um, yeah, for sure. In the Ashes. We saw that in, in the summer previously. Um, and he's back to the best. So that was my, that's my point about before is no matter what level you get to, you know, things can – people work you out. With the amount of video you sure. cricket, you now you watch. Uh, if it's not quite going right, you've got to just keep working so hard at it. And, 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 and Mitch, to be fair, copped a lot of fl- um, flack about the way he was bowling. Is his attitude good? No. But he, he, I guarantee he went away and worked at that really, really um, hard. Got his injuries right, had the things fixed in his ankle, and he's back bowling the best, uh, best he was. It was awesome listening to uh, Lisa Healy chat about a net session she had with Mitch. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and it was one net session and didn't go to a second net session ever. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they're so competitive yeah. and, and the rules were, were pretty strict. And then I think when Alyssa hit him a couple of times, the rules went out yeah. the window. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Mitch got a little bit quicker and... Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and I think Alyssa's batting coach said no more. So, no more. Um, yeah, yeah. What an awesome pairing for Australian yeah. cricket. Those two are. Um, it, let's go back a little bit to you as a bowler then, and you spoke about the GPS technology and all the video mm-hmm. technology that is around coaching today as a as a product and at your disposal as a coach. How would you have dealt with, or how did you deal with? Uh, you know, technical coaching when you were a player, when you're a field player, as you said. Yeah, I, I, I must admit, I, I didn't do a lot. It probably wasn't until um, coming through and, and a bit of the story that my background was. I, I played at South Australia for a long time. I came through and, and had a pretty easy action um, coming, um, you know, growing up started playing South Australia at 20 and I had a pretty easy action. So I used to call, well, everyone did call me a sweatband swinger. So 120, 125k <laughs> now. I could hit a decent length, decent line. It wasn't that quick. But, and then I started, uh, you know, a coach came into South Australia, a guy called Peter Muggleton, and, and, and just looked at me. He said, I reckon I can get a bit more out of it. He was a very good bowling coach. He understood the action. He understood the, the physics and biomechanics of bowling. And, and he said to me, why don't you just try and run in a bit quicker? Why don't you try and hit the crease and, and try and bowl as fast as you can? I said, well, that's, that's yeah, I'm sort of doing that. He said, no, you're not. You know, you're not, a, you, you're not doing that at all. I, you know, and, and back then, there was, a, there was a, you know, we might go into it, but there was a bit of a, I was a bit of a piss out. I was a bit of a, you know, chase the chick sort of guy. I, I, you know, I was, thought I was a professional cricketer, so I was trying to use that off the field. But you know, I didn't look after myself. Probably wasn't as strong as I should have been. And once I sort of got to the stage where I did start putting in and, and got strong enough, stronger um, and had the body to be able to do it, and I actually did it, and, and I gained about 10, 15K an hour. Yeah, and, awesome. I, and I didn't do a lot differently in my action. I, I, technically, I didn't do a lot. Um, it was more, again, I just I found the, the knack of one day it just clicked, um, ran in a bit quicker. And because I was running a bit quicker, I had to adjust at the crease and, and, and found that timing. And as I said before, the timing of just landing and thinking, and exploding, I just all of a sudden found that I could I could bowl quicker and I could put the ball just about anywhere I wanted, which for a bowler to feel that is is quite unusual. Um, and I had a, 
a period there. And most of my test career, to be honest, was um, where I felt that. I maybe had a couple of games where I was a bit off, but I, I could almost run in and think, I'm gonna, I can put this there. I can, you know, if I need to bowl, you know, dot after dot, I could, I could potentially do that. And with Mitchell Johnson the other end and, and Pete Siddle, that's sort of what the job was to do. But um, yeah. So when it became when it came to sort of technical stuff, I, I didn't really have a lot to change. I was pretty lucky with that. Yeah, great. Um, in, in, in terms of GPS and, and all that sort of stuff, I mean, video video first. I I, I, I always looked at what I did and, and made sure it was, I guess, looked the way I felt, um, mm-hmm. which which most of the time it wasn't. If it wasn't, then I'd always have a chat to the, the bowling coach. Which back you know going forward, it was sort of. In the Australian side, it was sort of um, Craig McDermott. It was it was awesome with that sort of stuff, and so I'd almost try and you know put the put the footage to the field, and, and again, majority of the time it was like that. Um, but yeah, it, GPS stuff. It was it was more for me. It was more how much ground did I cover? Mm. <laughs> um, you know, in a, in a test match, for instance, you, in a whole test, you'd almost cover forty two to forty five k's you know, as a wow. bowler. Um, which yeah, which is quite a lot. Which at the you know, well, if you played the, the the five days, you'd definitely feel like you'd covered that much. But um, you know, but yeah, GPS stuff. Even now, from a coaching point of view, it's great to, as I said, it's 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 run up speed. It's um, you know, it's getting to the point where it's almost forced at the crease. Time on back foot. The amount of GPS stuff that's coming through is amazing. Yeah. So again, for me, and I and I don't try and I, I'm not. I'm learning all that. I don't try and get caught up in too much mm. of that. But for me, if someone says, as I said earlier, if, if someone says, I'm get, I feel like I'm really rushed or I'm not quite getting it, then your run-up speed is so crucial. And I think that's sort of the thing I go to at the moment is, you know, as I said, your run-up is so important that if you, if you get that right and you feel so good in your run-up, then at the crease you should be – it's almost automatic. You're almost on autopilot that you should be able to get through – Land the way you want, feel the way you want, put the ball where you want to put it, and that's 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 sort of GPS for me at the moment. But again, it's I'm learning a lot more. Um, yeah, sure. On how, you know, there's so much info to dive into, and 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 I think you know potentially you can you can it it's not about going to the player and say there's the information, look at it. It's what do you want as a player? What do you what do you need to know? Because I can give you all this, I can list all the stuff I can give you. Looking at all of it, I don't think it's going to help you. But, but, you know, because it can confuse you and you get too tied yep. up in, um, you know... I think we see that, in, I think we see that yeah. in golf with the technology available to us as coaches with TrackMan and, yeah, and the exactly. like. And, you know, as a, as a golf coach, I have a TrackMan, but I yep. use it pretty sparingly um, yep. because I think if you deliver too much information to a player, then there's potential that you can confuse them and make it worse. Yeah. So in, in terms of that is exactly, I totally agree with it because you, you worry about, if you're thinking about um, we're giving too yeah. much information to a, to a bowler and then he's running and thinking, am I running at 20K or am I 20 or am I 18K an hour? Or <laughs> and before you know it, he's at the crease. He's not thinking about where he's got to put the ball or the plan sure. for the batter. So it's exactly the same. So it's, it's really good stuff. It can be dangerous because uh, some players I know that just want to know everything. Yeah, um, but it, it is really good information. If you no, know, for instance, if someone's struggling uh, with with those things I just spoke about, it, it's a great it's a great tool to use. Yeah, for sure. Let's d- let's dive back into a little bit about sacrifice as a as a cricketer and and your journey as a cricketer. You, you touched on it there um, in your time in South Australia as a twenty year old, where I guess you had a feeling as though you were going to go somewhere in cricket and. 
you are potentially going to make it, but, and you, you spoke there about, you know, having a beer and chasing the yeah. girls and, and yeah. feeling as though, uh, you know, things were going to naturally come your way. And at some point you obviously shelved some of that stuff and sacrificed a bit of that to, to become a bit more successful as a cricketer. Yeah, well, I was a, I was a professional cricketer at 2021. How, how good's that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, The absolutely. girls were going to love me. And that was the thing. That was the, that was the thing. The, the women and you know, all that sort of stuff, which is bullshit. It, absolutely, it was absolutely bullshit. That was just <laughs> my stupid thinking. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I, I was in and out. I, I played in some, some uh, South Australian sides that had some great plays. You know, with Gillespie, Lehman and Blewett are probably the big three. Um, Did you play with Jamie Siddons or was he a bit... Uh, he, he finished literally the year I came in. So I think he finished yeah. 2000. Uh, it might have been 2000. 2001 I came in. So he finished 2000. Um, but yeah, I, look, I, I, all I wanted to do was play. I left school, went to England, England, played a year in England, came back, worked in a local sports shop. Um, study wasn't for me. I just wanted to be a cricketer and, and, and got through and, and did enough to, I guess, to earn a decent living. And then, you know, first contract wasn't great. I lived at home for, for a long time. So probably I was about... I don't know, 23, 24, and had obviously very good parents that uh, that helped me. But um, you know, I, I went through probably I went eight years of eight years at South Australia, and and um, probably uh, I'd say five and a half of the years of those, you know, it was I wouldn't say a write off, um, mm. but it, it wasn't it wasn't it, it. Looking back on it now, and that's I don't have too many regrets in, in my in my in my career in my life, but. That those there would, if I just had a known better and, and applied myself. I mean, um, as I said, I, I was in and out. I played a few games here and there. Darren Lehman was from my local club in in, in northern in, in Adelaide at Northern Districts or Salisbury Northern Districts, and he put a lot of faith in me and he, he taught me a lot. And I I must admit, I trained. I always trained hard. I loved the training. I loved sure. fielding. I loved batting. I loved bowling. Um, but it was just the other stuff that that you know. That um, a few late nights, and then going to training a bit, you know, a bit dusty. dusty. And thinking I'm, you know, yeah, it wasn't. It was, you know, it was just a, it was a big lesson. Then I got to the stage. I think I'm trying to think when it was. 2005, I reckon. 2006, maybe 2005. Wayne Phillips was was coach of the South Australian side, and I actually he, he called me in. And he said, "I've got some bad news. You, you're going to lose your contract." And I thought, oh, you know, I, I, I had I'd been yeah, there wow. again. I had a couple of injuries. I had a few injuries as well. And then I was, I was shattered. And then he called me in a week and a half later and said that conversation we had a week and a half ago, um, well, scrap it because someone hasn't accepted their contract and you've got it back. Wow. So I saw that and he sat me down. He was pretty on. Wayne and I had an interesting, uh, interesting uh, relationship as a, as a player coach. He, he was a bit of a dickhead, I thought, at the time. And I was, I was, I was definitely a bit of a dickhead. But um, <laughs> now he sat me down and said, look... Um, we haven't got it. We haven't seen eye to eye. We haven't got on, you know, as, as we probably should have. And um, but I think you're you're a gun cricketer. But if you want to if you want to make the most of this second chance, you've got to pull your finger out um, mm. and start, you know, acting like a professional cricketer. And um, he said a few harsh words, a few swear words here and there, and called me a few names. And and then Darren Lehman, who's best mates with with Wayne um, Wayne Phillips, is one of my obviously very good mates of mine. But he 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 um, pulled me aside after the. Well, a day or two after that and said, you know, he caught up the Wayne and had a pretty stern conversation. And I said, yeah, he goes, well, he, you know, he, he effort means it and I effort mean it. And if you don't pull your finger out, you won't be here next year. So um, that was a bit of a wake up call. And that was sort of the time where I, I, I just thought, okay, well, let's, if I'm going to have a good go at this, I need to probably, probably do it. And, and 
And the, I, do, I have to say, and how the rest is history. I, I did pull my finger out. I I trained bloody hard. I got strong. And uh, what did you change? Awesome. Well, going to bed. Did you sit down. Do you remember a day where you went home and you sat down and went, "Hey, listen, this yeah. has got to change, Ryan." Yeah, I, I haven't got a great memory. I, I, I remember going <laughs> home to my parents. I remember going to my parents and and, and telling them what happened because I obviously told them that I wasn't getting the contract and told them and they and. My dad, being dad, who was pretty, pretty to the point, he said, "Well, what do you expect? Do you need any? Do you, do you need any reminders? This is it. If you want to, and you said, he said, he actually said to me, you got nothing else. So you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna make it, this is, yeah. your, this is your bloody chance. So, um, yeah, I did. I, I went in and, and um, I, I had a crack, and and from then on, um, I, I actually I remember I, I, I had a um, that was sort of I had a pre-season, a great pre-season, my best pre-season, got fit and strong, got to the first. Um, Premier Cricket game, which was leading into the season, I think it was a week out from the first Shield game, which I was selected in, and I actually did my knee. I, I, I wow. was lucky. I was we're warming up for um, the first game of the season, and we're playing um, soccer of all games. And you wouldn't believe it; it was nowhere near the play. I turned to change direction to try and get a ball, which would have been fifteen, and my knee went out of nowhere. The cartilage went in my knee, so that was. And then I, I was I was out for probably three months of that. So it sort of set me back again. Then I, then I obviously went through the stage of, you know, I've done this work, you know, and you know, I feel a bit sorry for myself. I finally knuckled down, knuckled down to, to, to try and have a crack. And this happened anyway. Um, yeah. So how long bit... does the, how long does the negative, how long do the, does the down, It was, you yeah, know, the internal yeah. spiral that happens with things like that, you know, how long yeah. did that keep you down for before you said, right, now we go again, let's get into the yeah. rehab. That that was there for I reckon probably for a while. That was there for for a month or so, or a bit more. Yeah, wow. And only because, you know, I finally I finally knuckled down. I thought this is the reward. Yeah. And then once I got through that, I had some good people around me again. Darren Darren Wolf was there, and a few other people around my local club who were fantastic. And I just sort of kicked in the gear, and and it and it and it you know it it, it was better. Life was better, and that taught yeah. me a massive lesson because further down the track, when I did have setbacks, when I finally got. That, um, consistently playing for South Australia and then came to Queensland, I'd have a number of setbacks again. And, yep. and it it wasn't a month, it was a week. It was even, if that, it was a couple of days even to say, right, here's another setback, but I've done it. I've come back from it. I'm going to, I, I want to play for South Australia. I want to play for Queensland. And eventually when I had a couple of injuries for Australia, I want to play for Australia. That's enough to, to, um, you know, not, not feel sorry for myself. Um, yeah. you know, get back on the horse. As soon as I could start, now doing stuff from a from an op when an operation when I had it was my knee or my shoulder I, I did it and, and that was just sort of it became sort of automatic to to get back into gear so you know there, you know going back to what Wayne said he just mate, it was just a it was just the wake up call I needed and and all of a sudden from there on it just sort of kicked off and then um, yeah as I said the rest is history I was lucky to to um to play well for South Australia for probably two and a half years I wanted to start I didn't want to come I didn't want to leave. Um, mm. The opportunity, um, you know, for Why a bit did more. You? Well, I had, I had, um, and 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 um, eight one-year deals I had with South Australia, basically, and, and um, I, I wanted when I got to that stage, I wanted a, a three-year deal. I guess I finally earned it, and I said that to Rod Marsh at the time, who was in charge, and um, I, I did. I, I sort of, you know, I sat in front of him and said, "Look, I haven't deserved at any time during my time at South Australia to have." a three-year deal where I've where I feel like I've earned it. I think I've earned this. And he said, look, I don't think you need, you've earned three. I'll give you two. Um, 
which wasn't too bad, to be honest. But then yeah. Queensland came in and, and, and Jimmy... I remember Jimmy Maher, the last game of the, the year I played, before I played, moved to Queensland, he, we played Queensland and I think we got beat, which we normally do by Queensland and Adelaide. And he came into the change room. And I knew Jimmy sort of... I, I did know Jimmy a little bit through Buff. And um, when we travelled to Queensland, we'd always have a barbecue. But he came into the change room and, and sat down and he put his um, maroon cap on my head. I said, Jimmy, what are you doing, mate? He goes, geez, you look good in maroon. I said, well, yeah, that's all right, but what are you doing? He said, well, you might have one of those next season. I said, what are you talking about, mate? You know, what, 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 what bullshit are you talking about? Anyway, he said, just, just wait and see. And, um, yeah, from then on, I went to England to, to play some county cricket and uh, it, that didn't work out either. That's another story. But um, I, I was over there for six weeks still and, yeah, the, the negotiations sort of took off and, and then all of a sudden I, I was coming back from England uh, earlier than expected and, I was moving to Queensland and it was just a, a whirlwind sort of um, time in my life, I guess. They, they offered a, a three-year deal with, you know, pretty good money. It wasn't much different to, to South Australia, so it wasn't necessarily the, the financial the money. Uh, part of it. But um, it was just an extra year. And, and also at the time, um, my brother, who, who's, who's nine years younger, uh, older than me, had moved away from Adelaide from, a, from an early age. So he was in Brisbane living and that was yeah, just, right. I, I saw it as a great opportunity to, to be more around him and, and around his um, and my, his kids and uh, my niece, my, my uh, niece is a nephew. And um, I just thought it was a change. It was a change, but, you know, maybe as well that I needed. And, and as I said, the rest is history. I, I got here thinking that um, well, I got here wanting to play in Shield finals and one-day finals. That was my main goal as well. I, I yeah. wanted to know the fit. At the time, I, I didn't really think about playing for Australia. I knew it yeah, right. and maybe played well that I might have got to look in. My main goal, my main dream at that time was to win a Shield final and, and to win yeah, a one-day wow. cup, probably more a Shield final. Because for me at the time, um, a Shield final was a test match. That was a test match for me. Yeah, and, that was um, the biggest we did that. Yeah, we did that in, jeez, oh, 07, 08, I think, which wasn't long after we moved here. I moved, I don't know, 08, 09. Um, that was, uh, I think I'd played one game for Australia and I hadn't actually by then, so I played the next year. But, that, I remember that time vividly, and Darren was coach. Um, I remember being in tears. That, for me, was was the ultimate, to, to win a shield. We, we probably shouldn't have won it. We, we got into a bit of trouble. But uh, Chris Hartley, Steve McGoffin, that was the famous partnership that, that got us over the line. But for me, that was, um, yeah, that was, a, that was a, a, a driving force to move to Queensland, knowing playing against Queensland for so many years and, and mostly being beat by them. But, that you know, you walked out against them and, and it felt like I know it was 11 on 2 but it felt like 22 on 2 that, that was just a, a great <laughs> team to um, you know the, the, the gamesmanship I guess they showed they, they were always um, very good on the field they gave you a bit of stick but it was always fun but the, yeah. they always had each other's back and that was something that I always wanted to when the opportunity came up that was another reason I moved so it was, it was um, yeah as I said it, it definitely helped my journey Was it hard to play then against the South Aussie boys when that came around or What's that like? Um, <laughs> that's another funny story. I, I, my first game back was, I don't think it was my, actually it was the first year after I moved. It, it was tough. I, going back down, I had some obviously pretty good mates there. Um, I actually, I think I bowled seven or eight, nine, nine overs, I think I bowled and broke my foot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Daniel Harris, um, who, who was a good mate of mine as well, no relation to me, but he smacked one back. Um, Decided to stick my my uh, my right boot out and and uh, and stop it and it and it whacked me uh, whacked me on the foot and broke my foot so it was short lived 
Uh, we lost the game. I actually went out and batted at the end because it was getting close, but um, hobbled out. But they, they beat us. But it was it was it was an eerie feeling. It was a different feeling yeah. um, playing against them. And I must admit, uh, after that, I, I reckon I only played, geez, only a couple of games against them because I was either injured or I was away uh, on international duty. So, um, yeah, so I didn't I didn't play against them too much. But it was it was tough. It was a big decision. Had some really good mates that. Um, you know, both well, both in the state, in the states, well, in South Australia, but but also at my club, my local club, which I was at since I was sort of twelve. So it was a very hard decision. Mm. What about shield cricket these days? How does that make you feel when you look at, you know, even with COVID nineteen? I yeah. remember seeing a few jokes about the sporting side of things when COVID came about, and these some of those jokes were that the shield cricket can go on because there's no crowds there anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas I remember being at the Gabba when Queensland won their first shield oh, yeah. on the dog track and jumped over and the big bull came out on the field and it was yeah. unbelievable as a young yeah. kid, you know. That was when I wanted to play cricket for Queensland and yeah. and uh, and I look at what it is nowadays and um, what's that like as a cricketer who's been there and you spoke about the, the passion and the desire to win a shield final, you know, uh, and where it's at now. Yeah, well, when we won that, we won the final. There would have been, might have been six, seven hundred people there. <laughs> it's a bit different yeah. to when Queensland won first. Um, oh, look, at, oh, that's a, that's a tough one because Shield cricket now is is good. It's and it's it's only it, it's it's frustr- it's a frustrating topic for me because it's a you know what we're going through at the moment. This potential cuts. To, to, to domestic cricket, even shield cricket, which I find frustrating because it's our competition that's been so strong for so long that um, it, it feeds. It feeds. Uh, it, it, it's why yeah. our Australian side's been so strong. Let, let's be honest. There's the, pro, the, the part of the problem is we we don't get the crowds. Is we don't get the players. We don't get the Australian players playing anywhere near as much. And now sure. that's that's. Um, a really difficult thing because of the scheduling and with with international cricket and you know um, the restrictions the on bowlers, format. yeah, extra the extra format, format coming in, yeah, the, the the competitions around the world. Um, there's a lot of factors around that. Um, you know, I still think it's a, I still think it's a really good, it's a very good competition. I, I'd love to. I still think. Um, I think the wickets are. Uh, I don't know. The wickets need to improve. I don't think we, we see enough spin bowling, um, and that's a big mm-hmm. thing going through at the moment. We went. To, we've been through it since I was involved, um, and that's been. It was four four years almost. I was involved with you know in the in the high performance sort of area. Wickets have changed from you know trying to be spinning wickets that, that we didn't probably have the spinners, so that didn't work. So we went back to flatter wickets, and we went back to wickets with a bit more grass on it. We've 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 gone from you know using we use the kookaburra ball in the first half to the juke ball which swings a lot more the batters complained this is coming from a bowler obviously but um, <laughs> you know there's a few different factors that that we're trying to tinker with we went through a stage where it was a bit of a you know give the players a run uh, take the piss out of a bit which was a mistake um, you know I remember Mitchell Stark playing half a game here in in Brisbane yeah, and Dougie Bollinger coming that, that that was ridiculous so. It's been through a lot, but ultimately, you know, it's it's our premier competition. It needs to be as strong as it can be. I, I still think it's a very good, very good comp. It's just, um, you know, we again, we 
ultimately we'd love to have the Australian players playing, but you know, um, it, it's not going to be. It's not going to be. It's it's unfortunately with the, with scheduling said the international calendar now with so much cricket that's going on, um, we're not going to have that as much as we as we like. And I think if we had that, uh, I'm not saying the crowd had come back in in thousands, but we definitely get more and more people at the at grounds. You know, even um, you know, for instance, you look at the Gabba and then you know, Allen Borderfield, but Allen Borderfield, you know, it's it's a nice ground. It's probably not big enough at the moment, although they're, they're making some changes to that. You know, the, the boutique sort of grounds, even in the state, um, the, the, a lot more people seem to come out to those because it's a lot easier to get to. And, um, you know, it's 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 probably, you know, a, a lot nicer to watch. But ultimately, that we want, we want the games being played at the international stadiums because you want the yeah. players to experience it. And so... You want the conditions. You want the gabba bounce. You don't have that at Melbourne Ball Field, unfortunately. You want, you know, yeah. um, the ball spinning in Sydney. Um, you know, you want it. You want it. You, you do that for a reason. And, that, and and the reason why we were so good years and years ago is because we had those conditions. Are the pitches the same? They're a little bit the same now. We need to get, try to go back to um, having a point of difference at each ground. Um, you know, I hope to God that the, the gabba never has a drop in. That that needs to stay as it is because. It's a unique wicket, same as the Wacker. I mean, the Wacker sure. drop-in now is... Well, sorry, the Wacker isn't a drop-in. The, the Optus Stadium where they play is still, at least, it's got pace and bounce. So it's a point of yeah. difference. Um, you know, we've seen the publicity at the, at the, M, at the MCG over the last couple of years. It's such a great place to play, but it's... You know, I, I think I, one yeah. of my last tests... Yeah, one of my last tests was against India, and that was nearly six years ago, and that was a shocker. And then we've had some we've had some shockers since, you know, at, almost to the point where if it had been a you know horrible wicket dead draw last year, that the MCG was on its last warning that it could have lost the Boxing Day Test. Yeah, that's so there needs to be yeah there needs to be some sort of you know obviously I, I'm not a curator, but there's some stuff being done about it. But um, that's what we need to to keep Shield cricket good and what it used to be. Um, the conditions need to be different and important difference because players learn the different conditions and that helps, you know, going away overseas, I guess, at times. Helps develop players, doesn't it? Exactly. Well, it's time for a breather. How good is this guy? What a legend Ryan Harris is. That's the end of part A. Click over onto part B where you'll catch up with the rest of my chat with Ryan Harris.